My very special guest who I had the pleasure of meeting recently um, and I'm very intrigued with all the, the great work that he does out there. Um, he is all the way, uh, has come all the way from LA, uh, Santa Monica and um, I'd like to welcome uh, Jeremy Lee Rolf. Welcome Jeremy. Great, thank you very much. Great to have you today. Thank you, it's good to be here. Great to have you. Um, yes, so um, I'm very intrigued as to what you what you do yourself, the, the the service that you provide. I know you're you're busy over there doing great things in LA, and um, you've been um, over here visiting a friend. And uh, it's um, you actually do uh, you're a coach mm-hmm. for ADHD, Correct. which um, I'm really intrigued about because it's obviously something that um, it's it's a it's a massive concern of a lot of people and it's something that uh, we're all intrigued and um, looking at alternative ways. I haven't actually heard of an ADHD uh, coach before in Ireland. I don't know if it's a, it's a new concept. I know that, um, you know, it's, it's probably in, in LA in the States, it's probably a lot more recognized as alternative ways and different ways of dealing with um, kids that have this or and grown ups as well. So um, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah. So mm. I work with, uh, Adults and children mm. who uh, have been diagnosed with ADHD and basically help them to live a lifestyle where they're performing at the optimal level, that they are uh, graduating the top of their class in school and having excellent careers or uh, starting prosperous businesses and seeing them through as entrepreneurs. It's really What I do is coach them along the way through uh, either taking medication, starting with the right medication for them, uh, with working with their doctor, and eventually getting them off medication. I firmly believe, based on who I've worked with and including myself, that you can be medication-free and have a great career. You know, wow. so so that's what I work with them on is is to be able to fulfill that. Wow, that's incredible! Yeah. It's an amazing, uh, it's amazing to think that there there is hope out there and there's other ways of dealing with it. You know, um, medication unfortunately is a route that a lot of people take and um, put a lot of faith in, uh, in in their doctors and think that that's the only way forward. And obviously, um, as a parent, um, having to make that call for your kid is not really um, a nice one to have to do. Um, and I think that if there's any alternatives and other ways of uh, addressing the problem and, and helping your kids develop um, in a more positive way without having to uh, go down that route. It's um, it's what I want to hear more. I'm sure we all want to hear more about um, how do you go about this? Because I also um, yourself, Jeremy, you actually as a child yourself um, were a child of ADHD. So no better person to um, to talk about this than someone who's been through it. Thank you. Yeah, I've I've definitely been through it. I mean. You know, I think that's where a lot of my passion for it comes, Mm -hmm. you know, that when I remember when in uh, the United States, you know, when I was in grade school, I was in third grade, so I was eight years old. And I can remember, you know, the conversation with my teachers said to my parents that uh, she suspects that I might have ADHD. So this was 1990. Um, And... You know, I went through a battery of tests and it turns out that, you know, they confirmed that I had it. Um, and, you know, I got put on Ritalin at the time. That was that was the first drug. I've been through every drug. Um, 
and I think that it's just, you know, you go through, it's just a whole process. You know, I've, I was on the drugs and I was doing well in school at first on it. And then I've had the ups and downs off of it. I had terrible depression with it. Um, you know, I've gone through all the things that children and adults go through with feeling like you're not good enough, feeling like you're stupid, feeling like you are different from other people, you feel isolated. Um, it can be really painful. It can be really painful. And I've seen abuses in both ways. I've seen abuses where the, you know, the solution is for the child or the adult to ha be on drugs for the rest of their life. And they're highly medicated. And they think that, well, just take this pill and you'll be okay. Or it's not working, so increase the dosage of the pill and they'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And it's just, that is, that is inhumane. That is inhumane that this person has a, an issue with, with behavior or, uh, you know, this doesn't learn the way other people do. And so we're going to drug them to change their behavior. I mean, in my view, I'm sorry, but that's not much of a difference between we don't like someone's uh, behavior and therefore we're going to give them a lobotomy. Mm, absolutely, That's inhumane. So mm -hmm. I was, you know, but at the same time, I'm not a fanatic with people who, who need the drug as a start. Right. I'm not saying no drugs forever. No, that's you. You got to be reasonable. All forms of treatment yeah. have value. Yeah. It's just you can't rely on one. You know, so what I have worked with my patients or my clients on with their doctor, because I'm not a doctor and I always recommend, you know, we bring the doctor in right from the get go is you find out what medications appropriate if you want to go to the medication route. But here's the thing. You don't have it be a permanent thing. You don't rely on it. You start off with the medication, then we go through, you know, the strategies. Okay, you just have a different strategy to treat them. Because if you go if you just say, "Oh, uh I'm going to give you the pill and one and done." We we did that. You're not allowing uh your client to help them to develop themselves because it's a it's learning how to learn that's what it is it's yeah. not oh i'm giving you this pill and now you're okay it doesn't work that way um so basically why people hire an adhd coach is not because they're broken it's not that oh we need to fix you no you just have a different style these most of these people that have adhd are incredibly intelligent people they're not lazy they just have a different way of processing information. And once they get that, oh my God. I mean, the, the amount of creativity that they have, the amount of drive that they have, they will get things done. Um, some of the most incredible people in this world are, you know, have been diagnosed with ADHD, which is closely linked to dyslexia and a whole host of other things. It's not that any of these, I hate the word learning disabilities because it gives them the wrong connotation. Mm. Um, they just learn in a different style. Yeah. And if we can develop and work together with finding the right strategy, once that happens, these people are incredible.
Yeah, absolutely. And, I love that. Yeah. You see, I love your whole enthusiasm. Um, it's just, I have to say, it, it's very uplifting. And I think that, you know, really the fact that um, it's just about getting the best out of everybody, really, and, and looking at things from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's got, you know, everyone's got it within them, the ability to do great things. It's just about, as you said, finding and nurturing that and letting them see things from a different way. And I'm just wondering about, you know, and you do the coaching here. Is it something that's been applied in Ireland now or is it very much, um, Is it? do you know much about it over here now? Is it a case that there's many people doing this here? Because I know a lot of people are going to be looking for ways to, to find ways, new ways. I know you're going to go back off to LA and uh, we won't be able to really uh, contact you there unless we, well, I suppose people could Skype you possibly and ask questions or email. Um, but to have a coach and somebody work with their kids that actually is struggling, um, you know, is it something that... Ireland is yeah. kind of a little bit more. Absolutely. I work worldwide. I have clients worldwide. Ireland, I, what I really like about Ireland is Ireland is very progressive. From what I've come to understand, uh, your education system here in Ireland is top notch. Um, that being said, it's when, you, when you're working with people with ADHD, it's not this dogmatic formula. I'm going to give them a pill and they're going to figure it out. Or I'm going to show them these techniques without medication and everything's going to be fine. It doesn't work that way. What's, what's really important about coaching is it's just the same as any sport or you know, vocal coach or, or artist, right? Coaching has its, has its art excuse me, has its origin in the arts and athletics because people who wanted to be not just okay, want to be the best football players, want to be uh, the best actors or uh, singers, whatever it is, they have a vocal coach, they have a strength and conditioning coach if they're playing football, they you know have a coach on their overall strategy. So these are people who hire these people, coaches, so that they can perform at their best. And really, that's what I do. I do right. not focus on ADHD because we're focusing on the problem. Mm. We're not focused on that. You don't, you're not taking medication because you want to focus on the problem. You're taking medication to the hopes that, hey, I'm going to get straight A's. Or I'm going to, you know, whatever the, the equivalent is here. I'm going to graduate at the top of my class. That's the ideal. So we're not going to focus on the problem. We're going to say, okay, what's the path for this child to not only graduate school, but graduate at the top of their class so they can go to you know, the London School of Economics or they can uh, start a real business in artificial intelligence or whatever. I mean, this is, this is for people that want to do big things. And you know, you've got one life to live, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you know, do you have to do that? No. What if you just want to live a good life? Fine. What if you just want to have good friends? Absolutely. It's all about learning what works for you. And that's what a good coach does. It, the good coach will look for what is the outcome that we're trying to achieve here and then how can we get there? Yeah, And, and it's, it's, I remember, you know, you think, I'll read these books. You know, I'm a smart person. We have the internet. Like, just Google something. You figure it out, right? It doesn't work that way because you can't see your own blind spots. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm an intelligent person. I thought, okay, I'll just figure it out on my own. It didn't work. I did need to have a coach. And I've been very fortunate to have some of the best coaches. Um, 
it's not about money. It's not like, oh, you know, you need to hire me. It's just that, but get somebody who knows what they're doing because if you get somebody good, you can get the results so much faster. This is not like, oh, I, I need a coach for the rest of my life or I need medication for the rest of my life. No, you just, you need to, you need somebody to check in with. You need somebody to get you on the right plan. Absolutely. You need yeah. someone to encourage you and have your back and, um, and, and nurture that and, and get the most out of people, you know? And I love, as I said, your whole enthusiasm, the fact that you've been there and you have that understanding as well. Um, and the beauty of it is that the, the thing is with coaching is you actually coaching can your coaching can be done overseas as I said you could be there doing it across the waters you know um, I think coaching doesn't have to be in person so um, you do provide this service then yes yeah which is great yeah usually what what happens is um, a client of of mine will have let's just take it from the start as if yeah. they've been diagnosed with ADHD whether some of them get diagnosed at uh, 27 years old some of them get diagnosed at eight years old 49 years old you pick it it's it's all over the place and they'll be diagnosed and they'll say one of two things I don't want to go on medication or I you know, uh, give me some, just give me a pill and let me figure it out. Something, and then everything in between. So what I'll do is we'll work together with their doctor if medication's the option. Okay, well, maybe, maybe we'll start with, this is one scenario. Maybe we'll start with the medication. And maybe we'll do it for, let's say, three to six months. Every form of healing has its place. So that you are basically as you're learning the techniques that can help you learn faster, that can help you, because here's the thing real quick. We're not trying to tell the world they need to adapt to us as, as people with ADHD. No, no, no. We're going to figure it out. If someone's boring to talk to or some, we, and we have to find this information anyways, we're going to find a way to, to learn this stuff, right? We're going to find a way to make it interesting. We're going to find a way to pay attention to make it happen because in the end, we're the ones that have to produce the result, not the world's not going to produce the result for us, okay? Mm -hmm. And I don't buy into this, oh, we're learning disabled, so therefore we're not capable of graduating at the top of their class. Nonsense. That is not an excuse for non-performance, uh, I've known, you know, people that have had ADHD and dyslexia that have graduated from the top universities. Uh, Eli Broad is a billionaire. He has been di uh, he was uh, dyslexic. Richard Branson, Sir Richard, mm. uh, you know, widely known. He's given interviews to Attitude Magazine, which is a magazine for uh, to study ADHD, um, and the and it goes on and on. So. So it just goes to show you how phenomenal you can be. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And um, those, you know, as you said yourself, going through it yourself, you have those doubts and those insecurities and, you know, and it's just about having to bring those, bring the best out in everyone. It you is. Know? And this is the kind of stuff where people say when they're successful, it's been a hard journey. Yeah. It's been a tough road. Yeah. And, you know, it, it may, they may not go into detail in the interview. But if you talk to people that reach that level of success, you're liable to hear something like this, mm -hmm. where they've dealt with something that they thought was insurmountable. And you know what the difference with, with, with them was? Is they just didn't give up and say, oh, well, I can't do it. They said, I'm going to do it. Yeah. This is not an excuse. And let me just find a way. Mm -hmm. 
And they've had coaches and mentors along the way that don't put up with any excuse for non-performance. And a coach is not someone there to be your friend, is not someone to be an insensitive, hard-nosed person either. But somebody that says, look, we're going to accomplish the result. I don't care what it takes. I believe in you. You believe in you. I'm going to help you believe in you. And we're, together, we're going to make it happen. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so as I said, so you know, a client will come to me in, in, uh, at different points. Mm-hmm. And um, if you know, we go the medication route, usually to start off with. Um, if they don't want that, that's fine. Uh, I don't take medication now. And my clients who have been with me for a long time don't do it either. Um, but that's but you can't just do that. You you got to build up to that. It's like working out. It's like working a muscle. You yeah. know, you're not going to be lifting a huge amount of weight if you've just started working out and you haven't worked out in a year. Yes, by training. Right. So mm. you train. So you get there. You get there. And once you do, as as we as we wean it off, because you don't want to be dependent on medication. You want to be dependent on you, that you dropped in the middle of nowhere with no resources would be able to have the resources within yourself to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And that's what we do. So we'll go into, uh, you know, once the medication is settled on with their healthcare provider, um, we'll go into different strategies that, that as they come up, as, as things are more important, um, for example, there's a great book that I would recommend to all of your listeners. It's a book by Dominic O'Brien, and it's called You Can Have an Amazing Memory. And what I really love about this book is, first of all, Dominic O'Brien is an eight times, he might even be more now, eight times world memory champion. And of course, a lot of the things that students work on in schools, they have to memorize large, you know, amounts of data, you know, and, and take tests with it. So what he has done in is perfected a series of strategies that help anyone learn and memorize and retain this information. And he was uh, dyslexic as, and I think he did have ADHD. I'm not sure, but I know he's definitely dyslexic. And again, the two are often related um, in terms of patients having, either i think it's about 40 percent of clients have both dyslexia as well as adhd so he has this series of strategies to memorize things and again we don't focus on the problem if we focus on the problem we stay in the problem you can't focus on that you're learning disabled you got to focus on we're going to perform we got to focus on getting straight a's graduating the top of our class you know, making the amount of money we want to make at work, having that position and serving our constituents. So that's what we're focused on. Everything else is a strategy to do that. And I'm going to tell you something that's magic right now. Depression often happens with people with ADHD. It's a struggle. It can seem that there's no way out. You feel like you're different from everybody. There can be social issues, especially when you're a child and you feel left out of things. And it can be really tough. It feels like it can feel hopeless at times. And you've, it? Yeah, yeah, you just wanna feel like, like especially if you're put into the, the, you know, the special children's group or something yeah. like that, yeah. you know, it's just, 
by feeling accepted, really, isn't it? Yeah, you want to. We, we all want to belong. We all want to yeah. feel that way. And, and mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, these kids can just they they feel like they just want to die. Mm-hmm. You know, what's even worse than that is that the medication has been known to cause depression. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not a healthcare provider. This is just my experience with my clients. I'm not giving any medical advice here, but I just but it's something to be cognizant of and it's it's a conversation worth having because what'll happen is is the the adult or child will take this medication and then they'll later on they'll be depressed and they'll have to take an antidepressant. Guess what? What do you know about antidepressants? Is that anybody that takes depre- antidepressants for a long time always ends up being depressed. Yeah. Right? So is, this is something that is very common with ADHD. How I get people out of depression, how to get out of a funk. If you feel, if you wake up, and this is for anybody, by the way, if you wake up and you're just not getting things done today, you're kind of in a funk today, things, uh, you know, your, your brain's in a fog, whatever like that, you're just kind of in a blah day where you're not actually getting very much done. We can all relate to that. Right? <laughs> yes. There's something, there's something, the way you do it is you have to get out of your mind. And what I mean by that is the body and the mind are connected, right? Whatever you do with your body is going to affect your mind. You cannot solve a mental issue by getting in your head and trying to outthink yourself. If you're stuck in your mind and you're sad about something or you're just not getting things done at work here the way you, you feel like you should, you got to get out of your head. You got to get doing something physical. So what I usually do is what I recommend to my clients when they get in that position is you got to either go hot or go cold. What I mean is you go take a hot shower or you take a cold shower. You jump in the lake if you have one nearby or you just take a cold shower. That's more practical maybe for a lot of people. You do something physical. You, the, if you can make – so if, for example, if I make a radical change in my physiology – I get a radical change in my emotional state. So for example, even if I have the, the if uh, it's a child in class, even just having them stand up, go for a walk, that's another thing. If you're upset about something, if you're angry about something, best way to do it, go for a walk. Change your state, you got, go for a walk. And what that does is it gets your body moving, you're seeing different scenery. Do you ever notice that when you go on vacation, you don't even need to go you know, from here we're in Ireland, you don't even need to go all the way to, I don't know, India, Australia to feel a change. You just see a change of scenery. Yeah. You just go somewhere, mm-hmm. right? You just get walking to get your body moving a little bit like that. I promise you the number one thing that you do not want to do is sit there and can't stay in your head. You got to get out. You got to get your body moving. And the more if you make a radical change in physiology, this is why I love football. In America, we call it soccer. You guys have football. That's great. Um, or hurling, a physical sport for the child or the adult to get out, you know, lift some weights, whatever like that. When you make that uh, change in your physiology, you're releasing all kinds of endorphins. You're releasing serotonin. If you're playing a team sport, you're getting that camaraderie going. You know, yeah. you're, you're getting that, 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 those good vibes and you're working out. It's the best thing you can do. And the thing is, is people will often say, well, I can't do that. You know, I don't have time. I don't have time to work out for an hour. Who has time to work out? I promise you, if you take, and, I've, and I totally get how you feel, 
to your listeners out there, I totally get how you feel. We're all busy. You guys are super busy. We're trying our best. We have a family. You know, we have work to do, things like that. So I get it. But I promise you, if you take this one hour, even if you're 15 minutes to the gym and 15 minutes back and you end up only working for, out for a half hour, you take this time and you will get out of your head and that two or three hours that you have before bedtime or whatever's left of the day, that time will be so productive. It's absolutely brilliant. It's the simplest thing to do. It's something we all know to do, but how many of us actually do it? So it's, it's, it's fantastic tip. Yeah. Brilliant. It really is. And it makes so much sense. You know, it really does to get out of that, out of your headspace. I suppose if you're in a bad place and you feel that you're just a bit trapped in that way, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think sometimes it takes a lot for people to kind of pull themselves out of that. Um, and the, the, the further you go into that, it leads can lead to the depression that you're in, you know. So um, sometimes you need to ask for help and reach out for it as well. And maybe um, it might be a good idea to kind of um, to find someone that you can actually do, you know, get out there with and get moving, you know. And I think sometimes it can be some of that most unlikely person, you know. But um, I think some of the time we all need a big, bit of a kick up the, you know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and um, I think it's about uh, sometimes it's hard for people to make that call and make that decision. But once you do, um, it's also worthwhile because it is about changing your mindset. Yes. And staying more focused and finding other ways, new ways to think, new ways to approach your life and just take back control. Yes. And you're also worth it. Everybody's worth it. And everybody needs to, you know, look at these things and new ways of, of improving. Uh, yeah. Improving your well-being. And um, that's a fantastic tip. I think it's brilliant.
know you're going to share some more um, strategies with us because I think um, that's the number one key is endorphins, uh, serotonin, as I said, things to release. Yes. Um, but any other things you might suggest with diet or anything, you know? Oh, absolutely. Oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, you're fine. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Tell me. Yeah. You know, so for example, I'll give you a, I'll give you a client of mine. One of my first clients actually is, was a, a woman in Los Angeles she had been uh, taking uh, ADHD medication since she was in uh, elementary school. So I think here it's called primary school, mm. um, roughly since the age of 10 that she had been taking medication. And she thought that she needed this medication. She didn't have any ADHD coaching before. And so when I met her, and we started talking and I told her, like, this is what I do. And we started working together. Uh, she had been taking this medication and she got, you know, she had a good job. She was working for a, uh, a, an entertainment publication in Los Angeles and uh, she was doing quite well. Here's the difference. She felt like she needed the medication and she, when I first met her, she was, she was a bright young woman, but she was like kind of subdued, you know, her, she wasn't, she was like constricted, you know, she wasn't light and, and uh, energetic, you know, and we started putting some things in place that really started working for her. And one of the things was, is instead of uh, working out, she was a, a, a fan of working out, which is great. But instead of doing it in the afternoon after work, we started putting it into her schedule in the morning at six in the morning before she would go to work. And what does that do? It gets you going. It gets you ready for the day. She's working out uh, in the morning. So that's a good thing. The next thing is, as we started to work on more strategies of concentration, um, she started to, I, I, I encouraged her to, to talk to her doctor first and see if she could either reduce her dose of the medication or take a break from it. And let's make a long story short, she did. And it, and here's the thing. This is why it's important to have a coach because the doctor, you're going to talk to your doctor about it. You, it's important to have a coach because it's, it's an emotional thing. It's, scary. I remember when I was first thinking about going off my medication, you really start to believe that you need this. And if, oh, what's going to happen if I don't take my medication? I'm not going to perform well at work. I might get fired for my job. I mean, the market out there is competitive. You know, I don't want to get fired, right? Everyone has that. I, I can't afford not to do well in school. So it's a confronting thing. Uh, but she was at the point that I said, Look, if you're if you feel like you're ready, you know, we I I would encourage you to explore this and see if you can. Obviously talk to your doctor first. And anyway, she did. And the results were miraculous. Why? She had this new set of strategies to be able to concentrate at work. She was, for example, working out in the mornings just like one thing, but it just it makes such a big difference. She ended up transferring uh, or getting a job at another company. First of all, she's doing gangbusters at work, so much so that she started working for another company. She got a 50% raise and she's loving where she is mm. and she's doing gangbusters at work. 
And, and oh, and by the way, this is the, the biggest part. So that's the work stuff. Here's the biggest part. She was lighter. She was a, she was, she felt comfortable in her own skin. She felt, she didn't feel like, you know, when you go out sometimes and you meet people and you're like, oh, I hope I don't say something stupid or I don't say the wrong thing or whatever. Your, your attention's kind of like all on yourself. And that's the way she was. Versus she had this, afterwards, she had this lightness with it. She was open. She was willing to be vulnerable. And if she says something stupid, who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? But her true personality started shining through, and she began to love her life. That's and that's what it's about. Great, absolutely. That, that's exactly what it's all about. Do you think in many cases, then, the, the drugs that are prescribed, they suppress a lot of your emotion? And, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, do you think that's what happens? It's different for every person. And... You know, I want to be respectful of the medical profession. I want to be cautious about that. Absolutely. But I, but I definitely had that experience for myself. Okay. I think that, you know, I remember, I remember taking medication and upping my dosage and upping my dosage because making a mistake was just not an option. You know, I want, I need to be my best. I need to perform. And you know what I found is that it didn't actually help. I still made mistakes and the more attention that I had on it and the more attention that I had on myself, the more likely I was to make a mistake. So what I would encourage everyone out there to do is recognize the benefits of medication, but at the same time, don't become dependent on it. Yeah, you know, it's a temporary enough. thing mm. because the thing is, is you want to be you. Mm. You don't want to be you on antidepressants and this medication and these basically these mood altering substances. That's not you. Yeah. We're, what are we doing? We're taking this medication so that we can perform well. I told my mom, I remember I was 19 years old in college and I was going nuts. I was on multiple medications. I was losing my mind. I, my emotions were all haywire. I had been taking this stuff forever. And I said, you know what? I called her and I was, I was almost in tears because I was so frustrated. I still wasn't performing as well as I wanted to in school. I mean, I had a B average, but I wanted better. And I was almost in tears. And I was just like, I don't like who I am. I don't, I don't feel like myself, you know? If, if this is what it takes for me to have a successful life, I'm not sure I even want it because I'm not, I'm not me, Yeah. you know? And so, you know, the people that love me or the people in your life that are going to love you are people that, that love you for you, you know, not, mm. not cause you're on some substance. I'm going to accept you for it. Yeah. You want to, I mean, you know, look, if your friends don't like who you are, if you have to be on this stuff, look, be on the medication for a little bit, just so you can get to where you want to go and, and get there quicker for you. But if you're on this stuff because you don't want to look bad in front of people or it's just a losing battle, you know, you want to be you, you want to live your life. And if that means that you make $10,000 less a year than whatever the hell that means, what are you going to do? Mm. People hire me because they want to have it all. They want to have, they want to have those results and they want to be themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I love that the, your honesty, Jeremy. You know, we speak from the heart, and I think an awful lot of people that, you know, are sit are out there now that can relate to you. And uh, obviously, be honest with yourself. I think that um, if you can be honest with yourself and accept the fact that, 
you're feeling a certain way and just sit back and say, like many of you might be on, on certain um, prescribed drugs at the moment for ADHD or for whatever the case may be, you know. Um, and I think it's a case of looking at other options, really. You know, it can't just be the, the end result, the only way, the only hope. Um, I'd love to ask you now at this stage just about any sort of, um, I know you've given us a few few ideas, different case studies that you've actually um, you've worked with. But, you know, for somebody out there that actually is struggling, you know, what steps would you suggest that they take? Um, I know exercise is obviously something very important. Um, but what real steps, you know, come off the medication, but what do they do? What what would they implement into their life too uh, that's going to really help? Yes. Yeah, you know, you got to find... So, so here's... That's a great question because... You know, people who have ADHD, so it's attention deficit hyperactive disorder. When I was diagnosed with it in 1990, it was ADD. It was attention deficit disorder. What does that mean? You can't pay attention. Okay, well, so let's, add, let's, let's go through a little bit of logic here. Person's got ADD. Does that mean that they can't pay attention all the time? I don't know about you, but, you know, I know with the younger members of my family, if you've got kids, you know... They can pay attention to video games just fine, right? <laughs> so that's not an issue. So, mm. so it's like there are places when they, where they're something, their, their attention's on item A over here on their desk, and then something on the television gets their attention. So that's item B. So the, the television got their attention. Why? Or the video games got their attention. Why? Because they were compelled. They, had, they were interested in that. Okay, fine. They were interested in it. How can we make what they want to do interesting? Great example. If any of you out there uh, follow uh, NBA basketball, you'll, you might have heard of a guy named Kobe Bryant. He was a, a player on the Los Angeles Lakers. And I had the privilege to uh, witness him being interviewed at the Milken Global Conference. Uh, Michael Milken and his uh, association put on this global conference every year in Beverly Hills to discuss some of the world's problems and interview the most forward-thinking thinkers and thought leaders out there. And 20 years, Kobe Bryant had been playing for the Lakers, been one of the best basketball players of all time. He was interviewed, and one of the questions that the interviewer asked him was, he said, you know, Kobe... <sighs> You know, you've made so many sacrifices over the years to be the best. You haven't seen your friends. You know, you, you've, you've done a lot. You know, how did you do it? How did you do it? And Kobe Bryant makes this great metaphor. He says, you know, if you take a child and you sit him at the kitchen table and you put a bowl of broccoli in front of him and a bowl of ice cream, the kid's probably going to eat the ice cream. So, you know, for me, basketball was, was ice cream. People on the outside see all this hard work and they think that it's broccoli. But for me, it's ice cream. It's all perspective. And when he said that, I got it completely. And what I got was I personally love documentaries. I watch documentaries, this and that. I've got friends of mine who can't stand watching documentaries, right? It's so boring to them. I uh, was a boxer. I was a wrestler in high school. 
in college, and I love that stuff. I love combat sports. Other people like, oh, what are you doing? That's so boring. So we're all different, right? You know, my my uh, my mother likes to sew. You know, she's great. She can make you a blanket. You know, whatever like that. The point is, is we all have the things. So the you can make you can learn to make things interesting. You know, oftentimes what we find is that when we're good at something, we tend to like it. Or, and so then the question becomes, well, which comes first? Do you have to like something and then you keep doing it over and over again and you get good at it? Or do you have to be good at something and then you begin to like it? You know, which path is first? And the truth is that they rise up together. As you continue to do it and you don't give up, you become better at it. As you become better at it, you tend to like it. So, you know, people that are learning disabled, you know, are quote, given that horrible label, and I think it's a label, it's just, it's a label, learning disabled is a label just as saying someone's gifted is a label, it's just a label in your mind. And what I don't like about the ADHD industry is that they're so quick to give these children and adults a label, because as soon as you label something, they tend to believe it. So, yes. yeah, so, so anyways, going off of that, um, you know, it's really important that you can, you find a way, and this is what a coach does, works with you in finding a way to make things that you need to find interesting, such as school, that you need to find that interesting. You find a way to get good at it, find a way to like it. Perfect. Yeah. Great answer. Great. And we're back in the studio, back with Jeremy. And, um, we we're just talking just about, um, some nutritional benefits and uh, things that might you might suggest on that because obviously um, it's something that you have to look at the whole overall picture and uh, and I suppose everybody's different and everybody has different needs um, I suppose everybody you know with ADHD and different um, th there's all different types of levels and there's all different types of needs um, but diet is something obviously and, and nutrition is something that we're all very a lot more conscious of um, and I presume it's something that goes hand in hand with with them. Um, what you're suggesting as well. I'm going to give you something that's absolute magic. Great. The reason it's magic is because it's simple. It's easy to implement. And that is water. Okay. Water. Mm. You will not believe, you know, it, it's the, the thing is, is it's so easy to feel good. And, the, and we don't, why do we have to make it so hard to feel good? Right. It's, it's, I'll, I'll go into the nutrition stuff as, as well. But the first thing you can do is water. Um, there is a book that I recommend, uh, by Dr. Batman and, uh, his, his name, his full name, I can't pronounce off the top of my head right now, but uh, the title of the book is the body's many cries for water. And in it, he recommends, um, a, uh, to drink half of your body weight in ounces per day. So I don't know how it converts to the metric system. Um, I weigh 200 pounds. Uh, so, you know, 100 ounces of water a day equals three liters of water a day. That's what I drink. And I drink uh, a liter the first thing in the morning. When I wake up, I drink a liter of water. I do some journaling. Then I go for a run. That's and then I go from there. Wow. I'd say there's a lot of toilet breaks during that run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, no it, and here's the thing. Everyone thinks that. So that's a great question. <laughs> Everyone thinks that. But you know what? Your body gets used to it. A lot of attention issues that happen with adults and children is, is 
not even so much ADHD, it's that you're dehydrated. Mm. When you're dehydrated, your brain is in a fog. You feel lethargic. Uh, when your body is drinking, when you have water, your blood is moving easier through your body. The nutrition is getting to your cells. I, I can't recommend highly okay. enough that drinking plenty Brilliant. of water is the mm. simplest thing you can do and it makes such a difference. Um, if you drink water, especially at least 10 to 30 minutes before you eat, it helps you so you're not, you don't feel like you need to eat as much food. Okay, great. That's another thing too. Um, water absolutely okay. is the best thing for concentration Brilliant. because what you'll note too is that if you're taking medication or you're drinking coffee, things like that, these are all things that dehydrate you and mm. you, it just sneaks up on you. So water isn't one thing. Um, fruits and vegetables, of course. You want to eat fruit in the morning, vegetables in the afternoon, um, you know, along with, with every meal if you can. Broccoli's great, kale's great, whatever vegetable, green vegetables, lettuce, whatever like that. Uh, It'll immediately allow you to think clear. You find you think clear. And here's the thing. I am not a fan of, and first of all, I'm not a healthcare professional, as I said before. Consult your doctor, consult your physician about anything regarding medication, a new exercise program, how much water you drink, or how much food you eat, or what kind of food you eat. That being said, I am not a, a fan of seeing people just eliminate things from their diet. I'm more of a fan of people adding in the good stuff. So in other words, start with the vegetables, add in the fruits. Uh, then you can take away the sugars, you can take away some more of the bread, whatever like that. But what I'd like to see people do is crowd out the bad stuff with good stuff. So you don't need to go crazy right away and say, oh, I have to throw all this stuff out of the house. Yeah, Just, add, just do, do it gradually. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a lot all to, supposed to change the, the things overnight. But another thing as well, obviously, um, I've been talking to quite a few people lately had on the show um, about mindfulness, about uh, meditation and uh, relaxation and, and ways to try and take time out for you. Um, that would go probably hand in hand at what you're saying as well. Um, I'm sure you'd probably suggest probably certain techniques on that front. Or <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, mindfulness, mindful meditation, meditation, all forms of that have uh, thankfully become part of the, uh, the mainstream conversation these days, mm -hmm. and rightfully so. Um, I have a colleague of mine, I know that her daughters actually are part of the uh, wonderful Irish school system here, and uh, they tell me that they have 10 minutes of meditation before school, uh, begins in the morning and 10 minutes after school. And it's something that they do throughout the whole school. Wonderful program. Absolutely. Uh, the, and here's why. If you can practice, your, your mind is like a wild stallion that needs to be tamed to do what you want it to do. That's kind of the metaphor I like to use for it. Meaning that if you can cause, if you can train your mind to focus on one thing, like they do in meditation, like your breath, or a spot on the wall that you focus on, or you're breathing, or whatever like that. An image in your mind, an image that you see. You can begin to train your mind to concentrate on what you're doing right now. And when you can do that, you have real power. The best athletes out there, the best entertainers out there, go into a zone where they're not resisting the crowd, they're not trying to block things out, they just naturally are focused on what they're doing. And when you can do that, you can take tests, 
you can have people you know that are being a distraction next to you and you don't even notice they're there that's power that's power and all top performers have that ability so meditation is something that trains you on and by the way none of these practices you you want to be in a habit of these practices you don't do it just once and you're you know i never worked out just once and said okay i'm i'm fit for life right it doesn't work that way it's a practice it's an ongoing practice you meditate consistently and look i get it we're all busy but if you can do even just five minutes you start out for five minutes you can build from there the key is not how long you meditate for it's how consistently you meditate for because once you develop that habit you can you start to develop some real power. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love the fact that as well as about the moment, it's about dealing with the moment and just trying to let things go over your head. Like a lot of us tend to stress about things that have happened or, you know, anxiety about things that are about to happen. And uh, it's about just bringing yourself back to the present moment. Totally. And uh, just trying to be more grounded. Like, you know, nothing's bigger than you. You really, well, (laughs) you know what I mean? Nothing is more important. You really have to look after number one, look after yourself. So it's really about just finding that inner peace peace and that way of trying to uh, find ways to relax and, and uh, chill out and not stress about things right. so much, you know. Um, and one is- thing I want to add to that, too, is that if you can, uh, very practically, if you can eliminate distractions, see, it's like you're at an attention deficit, right? So something else has got your interest. So if you're sitting down to work, clear everything off your desk except for the absolute essentials that need to be on your desk that you need to look at to accomplish your task. Clear everything else off your desk. Make sure you have plenty of water. Make sure you've eaten, but you're not too full. If you're too full, then that's going to be a distraction. You're going to start thinking about that, right? So anything that's going to be a distraction. I live in Los Angeles. You know, it's crazy. You know, you got traffic, you got horns, you got everything going on like that, right? If you can t- put that cell phone on silent for just the hour and you break your, break your routine up by hour by hour, you put that cell phone on silent, you clear your desk, you stay hydrated and you're ready to rock, that's going to have you be successful. And you do that consistently. Uh, there's tons of little techniques that I could go over, but I know we're probably getting low on yeah. time. But um, yeah, anything t- that you can do to make sure that you're going to be present and train yourself for that, that's going to have great. you be successful. And that's a great point because I think that uh, when you have clutter all around you, I think it can clutter your brain. So I think that a lot of us is that if you're sitting in amongst a desk full of lots of things, too many distractions, keep it simple. And life should be simpler. You know, let's not complicate things. Let's make it more simple and uh, and, and deal with things in a simpler fashion. Yeah. And um, I've been just honored to have you on the show today. It's been so fantastic, Germany, uh, Jeremy, and uh, we've loved having you. Um, and also, I just, uh, I'm sure a lot of people out there are looking to, um, will be looking to find out ways of contacting you. Um, and the fact that you actually can, you can actually help and do the coaching from overseas is, is, is fantastic as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, before I finish up the show as well and get your contact details, of course, um, I just want to just make everyone aware that. Jeremy has, uh, obviously we've had this discussion today, but uh, it's just been Jeremy's opinion and and great knowledge and great experience. And uh, from his knowledge, he feels that um, we've spoken about uh, medication and things, but it's something that everyone needs to consult their medical practitioner, obviously, with. Um, It's going to work for, you know, as I said, it's not going to work for everybody in that, um, taking off the medication, but it's definitely something that we feel that... um, 
there's definitely a lot more hope and there's a lot more ways around it. And I think that it's, it's definitely something that we really need to look at new ways of dealing with this. So and I think that you've been a f- complete fountain of knowledge and opened my eyes up and a lot of people's eyes up to new ways of um, of dealing with this and uh, giving us all hope for better things. Mm. So um, on the note, Jeremy, how does anybody contact you? Do you have? Yeah, it, really simply, uh, contact me through, you can go to operation10.com, O-P-E-R-A-T-I-O-N, one zero, dot com. And what I did with Operation 10 was I created a online course that uh, we're going to be launching in October. That's an online course with videos that detail the information that you need to know that will help that I work with all my clients on to have them perform at their best because then in the end, that's, that's what it's about. And I include in that online course a coaching program as well. It's a group coaching program, so you're not alone. You're with a, a private Facebook group of people, and we're working together. I'm answering questions. We have weekly calls. And not only do you know, can you ask me everything that you want to ask, but you have a buddy. You have people that are in the game with you, people who have ADHD and they want to perform as well. And people... They make lifelong friends in these groups. Fantastic. And, and you're not alone. That's yeah. what it's all about. You know, you're not alone. So many people can, re- people can relate to you. And uh, I think that's what it's all about, realizing that there's help and support. Yeah. So reach out and ask for it, you know. And uh, and Jeremy's here to, to give it to us, you know, which is great. Yeah. So some, thanks for listening in today. And thank you, Jeremy. Thank you very much. Today.